Hello, my friend, and welcome to this podcast through a trauma-informed lens, Soma, Psyche, and Soul. My name is Aneta Itchak, and I'm your host here. This podcast is for you if you're a heart-centered practitioner who works or wants to work with clients in a more trauma-informed and somatic way. You might be a coach, a yoga teacher or therapist, a healer, holistic wellness practitioner or a body worker. I welcome you here. In this podcast, we are going to explore how we can connect with and support others from a more compassionate and embodied space and in a way that includes the wholeness of our and our clients' felt experience, in a way that includes our soma, psyche, and soul. I will be sharing with you somatic practices and tools that I teach in our trauma-informed somatic teacher and coach training certifications. And I will be speaking with other practitioners who, like me, are on a mission to create safer spaces and make a real positive impact within their communities and the world. I hope you will join me in this conversation and welcome again. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another podcast episode. Thank you for joining me today. Today, I'd like to take you on a journey of reflection to reflect on how you work, how you run your business, and whether how you do those things is done in a nervous system friendly way. This is something that I've been reflecting on a lot over the last couple of months. And I had some great conversations about this. If you haven't um, listened to my podcast episode uh, discussing definition of success with Don Wright, um, I would really invite you to do that as well. We had a great conversation about what it means to be successful, what's the definition of success, and Don's unique definition of success. But today, I want to take a little bit of time to ask you, what is success to you? What is your definition of success? In my work, every single day, I support, mentor and coach or train, deliver training to uh, female practitioners who are primarily fully self-employed running their own businesses. Um, and some are still some are still juggling full-time work and um, running their own businesses on the sides, evenings and weekends, which is a huge challenge. And believe me, I know I did it for seven years working full-time in social care and um, running a yoga and wellness studio, working evenings and weekends. So I know this is a huge, huge, huge challenge. And the questions that always come up are around how to find balance, whether you are running your business full-time and you're doing what you love and you are making a huge positive difference to your students and clients' lives or whether you're doing it part-time. There is always this question about how do I do it in a more sustainable way? in a way that I can do, do it, do what I love long-term and in a way that I'm earning enough money to be able to pay the bills, 
to be able to meet my needs on that financial level, on a lifestyle level, and have a little bit more um, to have abundance in life. I mean, ultimately, none of us started our businesses just to have, just to struggle from month to month. You know, we can do it when we are in employment. Many people struggle month to month. So it always comes back to this question about how to find balance, how to find, um, how to find or maybe create and build a business uh, that is successful in our own terms. And I think there is a cue here that we need to come back into really reflecting and taking quite a good chunk of time to reflect on what is our definition of success? What is success to you? If you allowed yourself to dream without having to know how you achieve it, how would your business look? How would your work look in your most soul-aligned dreams? And I think the challenge in here is that we are being told by many different people and experts and influencers what success means. And if I think about success and the online space, social media space, the first thing that comes to my mind is um, being dressed really nicely on the beach somewhere with the sunset and smiling happily. Uh, and being in a power suit and, you know, doing a speaking TEDx talk. <laughs> I love those kind of things. And, you know, earning six figures, there's so much stuff out there around making it to six figures. And somehow the message is that when you hit those six figures, oh my God, that means you are successful. You made it. You've made it. And I've worked with women and men, and I um, know other practitioners who have hit that six-figure mark, and they are hitting burnout big time because they hustled and they strived and they sacrificed their health and they sacrificed their family and they sacrificed their well-being to just be able to hit that six figures. And when they get to six figures, it's so common. It's like I'm part of quite a few masterminds and I've been um, doing a lot of programs around business over the last 10 years. I've seen so much of that, that it's like, I know I hit six figures. Now I can change how I'm working. Now I need to change to prioritize my well-being. And it's all good and well if your well-being stayed intact on that hustling and grind to six figures. But what if it hasn't? What if your well-being and your health has been impacted negatively? What if your relationships have been impacted negatively? It's a high price to pay for this 
definition of success as defined by other people. The six figures, six figures. And of course, what people don't tell you, and this is, I think, if not overt lying, it's um, not telling complete truth, is that that six figures is a turnover. It's not that you earned it and you walked away. It's in your bank account. You know, they don't talk, people don't talk about the cost of running a business, the cost of collaborating and maybe having a virtual assistant, maybe paying for your website, maybe paying for the platform to host your uh, course, maybe paying the tags, maybe paying for your um, uh, office space or any other resources or any other materials. They talk about turnover. And that what you take back home can vary. And so I think we need to really take a step back. And I would really invite you to do that. Take a step back. Take your journal. Give yourself some time. Maybe go for a walk on the beach or in the forest or somewhere in the nature. Allow your nervous system to unwind and regulate. Tune in to the rhythm of nature. Tune in to your own inner rhythm when your nervous system is regulated. Have some spaciousness and then grab your notebook and ask yourself, what is success to you? What's your definition of success? And then write it all down. Write it all down. From my experience, I know that normally it comes back to the quality of life. How we want to live our life. You know, what it means to us when we are successful. Who we are when we are successful. How we are being. How we are living. Normally, we come back to our values and our priorities and we let go of everything that doesn't serve us, all the externally imposed definitions of success. And we start reconnecting with our own definition of success and we start reconnecting with certain states and ways of being. And those states and ways of being are accessible to us usually in this moment. We can choose to do that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So for example, if taking your self-care to a next level by making sure you finish work at a certain time each day, that you don't overwork till eight or 10 at night, that you reduce your working time on weekends. So then you spend more time with loved ones, more time resting, more time <clears throat> doing what you love outside of your work. Then that's accessible to you right here, right now. 
yes, if your definition of success is six figures, there is work involved in it. But if you understand that self-care is really important for you, then that completely changes how you approach your work. That completely changes how you organize your weeks. That completely changes how you plan for your months, for your quarter, for your season, for your year. It means that you will approach it in a very different way. Yes, sometimes it might feel uncomfortable because if self-care is quite high on your list and priorities, and by the way, self-care and rest should be high on your list of priorities, if not the top of your list of priorities, because everything is based on that. Everything. Every single thing. If you're not well, you can't focus, you can't do anything. If your self-care is important to you, you want of a schedule. You won't take too much than what you can handle. You will say no to projects or requests that are not aligned with your definition of success. You will start saying no to people, start, start doing people-pleasing because your self-care is more important to you than external validation from other people which also means that you have to abandon yourself. And again, the price that you pay for that is very high. If self-care is important to you and you really understand the value of it, you really understand that everything else is built on that. You will prioritize checking in with yourself on a daily basis, checking in what's really going on for you. So that's somatic checking in and then acknowledging and honoring your needs and then meeting your needs in an empowered way. And you will prioritize that. You might have heard me say that before. There is a long-standing joke about the social workers and social care workers and mental health workers and um, healthcare workers, you know, that their worker looks so much worse than the client. A long-standing joke is there for a reason. I've seen it again and again over the years of working in social care. The expectation that people, the practitioners will work all sorts of hours outside of the hours that they get paid for. I've done it myself for many, many years. Receiving emails from people two, three o'clock at night in the, or in the morning, as you will, 3 a.m., 2 a.m. And I always used to spot people who would crash. They were hitting burnouts. They were 
desperately putting in more hours because they were feeling overwhelmed and not able to cope with the workload and trying to do more, trying to do more, trying to do more. And ultimately that leads to burnout. And then the recovery time is long. It's long. So what is success to you? What is your definition of success? If you take it away from the money influence of the social media and online space, of a big motivational gurus of hustling and um, uh, make it happen or die trying, very masculine energy of pushing, striving, hustling, making it work, being better than others and bring into this action-oriented energy, masculine energy, a bit more feminine energy of reconnecting with your inner wisdom, of connecting with the flow, of connecting with inspiration, of finding spaciousness to allow your ideas to mature, of finding your own path, the path, the embodied wisdom path, as I call it, that is your path. If you think about the hammer and the very masculine kind of fire energy pushing through the walls, the water is different. Water, which is much more masculine, uh, much more feminine energy, the water finds a way underneath, around, above, sometimes even goes back to then find a way forward. We need both. We need both. The other day I heard somebody say um, that giving and receiving are two different states, two different states of consciousness, to different states of mind, to different states energetically. If you are always giving, 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 which so many of us do because we care, because it's important, because we know the power of it, because we have a calling. We actually, when we give so much, we actually don't allow ourselves to receive. And receiving is their self-care, is the rest, is the allowing ourselves to reconnect with our soul and dream. I find being in nature a very much a sense of receiving, of connecting with the energy of nature, with a thing that is real. You might know that I absolutely love Gabor Mata and his work and this understanding that the world is mad. <laughs> Many of, our, of the structures of our society are just unsupportive of uh, most of us. 
based on patriarchal uh, principles, not supportive of women, not supportive of um, anybody who doesn't fit in into this masculine go-getter um, personality. And so our own power lies in being able to take our power back, decide for ourselves, what is the success for you? How do you want to work? And I had a conversation yesterday with somebody on my early morning work with Oscar. And we were talking about this and it's, uh, this lady is retired now, but she was self-employed and she had her own business for many years and also worked um, uh, for other people. And we were talking how amazing it is when you work for yourself, you can decide how you're going to organize your business. What's the model you're going to embrace? What are the offerings that you're going to create? There is so much creation. There is so much inspiration. There is so much opportunity. Opportunity to create, opportunity to find your own voice, opportunity to collaborate with others that you resonate with, opportunity to have the most amazing conversations, something that I love in my trainings and in my podcast and the collaborations that I do with others. And so really bringing it back, bringing it back. And the other piece in here, obviously, is about your state of being. Like what you want to create is one piece. And the other piece is who do you need to become to achieve your definition of success? Who do you need to become? What qualities or ways of being do you need to cultivate and embody? What habits do you need to have and put in place? What do you need to let go of? Or maybe you need to embrace more of something. Again, you can choose for yourself within your business. You can decide. And this is why it's so important that we reduce the noise, the outside noise of telling us, aim for six figures, multiple six figures. This is how you do it. No, this is not how you do it. This is how you do it. And I want to ask you, how many free offerings have you signed up for recently? I remember speaking quite a while ago now with one of the female practitioners that I've been mentoring and coaching and who's also done some of my trainings. <laughs> when I asked this question in one of the live sessions, you know, the answer was, oh, I signed up for five this morning. Five, five different practitioners or experts telling you how to do it. Five different pieces of advice. This is how you do it. Don't do it like that. How confusing can it be? No wonder we are overwhelmed. No wonder we are confused. No wonder 
we running around like a, like headless chickens trying to do all of this that other people are telling us. There are hundreds of different tactics and tools and ways of doing business. Do Facebook groups? No, Facebook groups are dead. Do email marketing? No, email marketing is dead. Do five-day challenges? No, challenges are dead. Do Facebook lives? No, Facebook lives don't work. Do blogs? No, blogs don't work. And can you see? <laughs> and all of this time, we're just trying to do all of this, being told by other people, rather than coming back to our own definition of success. How do we work in the best way? What are our strengths? How do we want to create our environment, our life environment and our work environment? And who do we need to become to achieve our definition of success? Coming back to self-care, if my, you know, if my, for example, I can talk about myself, my one, you know, one of the highest priorities that I have and values is self-care because I understand that everything is built on that, that if I'm well uh, or unwell, if I feel disconnected, if my nervous system and physiology are dysregulated, if I'm in a sympathetic response, uh, fight or flight, or if I'm in a shutdown or freeze because I've been too long in the sympathetic response, um, it's not going to work. And it's not pleasant. It's really hard. And embracing self-care has been a process. It's been a process. It's been a journey over the last, I would say, 20 years. <laughs> Very long time. Very long time. I guess it started in 1995 for me when I did the first course on existential counseling and then I did my certificate in person-centered counseling. So a long time. And since then I've done a lot of different courses. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the reality in here is I had to make uncomfortable decisions and choices like speaking up, saying no, putting in place boundaries. And I, and I am still doing it. I am still learning and I will be learning till the end of my life. Letting go of things that serve me, letting go of things that no longer I want to have in my life. And at times getting caught up, just like everybody else, every other human being, in doing things I said I wouldn't do before, but less and less. And embracing this new way of being. 
and soul and cultivating qualities and ways of being. And I do it every single day. I journal every single day. I do somatic checking in. I notice what do I need. That Obviously, that doesn't mean that then I feel great all the time. I don't. But I know how to take care of myself within how I'm feeling. So if I feel tired, I wake up tired. I know I have to pace myself. I know I have to have more breaks. I know I have to make sure that I've got warm drinks. I know I have to make sure that I eat. I have a lunch break. I have breakfast. I finish earlier. Go for walks with Oscar. Obviously in the morning, every day I do that. But also lunchtime. And at the end of the day, I know that I might need to listen to some meditations, guided meditations a bit more because sitting in silence um, is more challenging that day. There are many different things, many different tools I can use. And when we are choosing, I'm sure you know that if you work with the nervous system, we are shifting to this part of our brain, you know, prefrontal cortex, conscious choosing rather than doing what we've been conditioned to do throughout our life. And it's uncomfortable at times, takes us outside of our comfort zone. But you might have heard me say that before, uncomfortable but safe enough. Uncomfortable but safe enough. Growth and change is uncomfortable. But we can make it safe enough. And this is why right at the beginning I ask you, is the way that you work and your business nervous system friendly, your nervous system friendly, not your clients. Because if you are working in a way that is more trauma aware or trauma informed or trauma sensitive, I'm sure you're working in a, in a way that is nervous system friendly for your clients. But do you include yourself in that? Do you prioritize yourself because your client work is based on you taking care of yourself? If you are too sick, you won't be able to do any work with anybody. So I hope this podcast episode brought a little bit of reflection for you. I hope it brought, brought up some questions and some insights. I would really love you to do it on a regular basis, to really keep coming back. This is, this is how you make your work sustainable. This is how you are able to go the distance to work for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, depending on your age right now. This is how you can 
embrace fully who you are and bring it into your work for the benefit of others, for the benefit of your communities, for the benefit of your family, your loved ones, without having to sacrifice one for the other. And one last thing in here is that we all need support. We can't do it on our own. So find some support that is right for you. Find a coach or a mentor and a group of people that really you resonate with and that help you grow, learn, and heal. that help you become the best of you without having to tell you this is how you should be because this is right and this is how you shouldn't be in order to belong to this group. So reflect on your definition of success. Who do you need to become to achieve and create this definition of success? and the supports that you need to help you on the way. And above all, look after yourself and thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you are interested in our training certifications at Golden Mandala Yoga Soma Institute, I invite you to visit our website, www.anettai.co.uk, where you can find all the information about our training certifications, uh, trauma-informed somatic teacher and coach for women and trauma-informed yoga teacher, as well as thriving business mandala coaching program. I look forward to connecting with you more.